Today's reading is from Ruth chapter 4, verses 13 to 22, which is in page 270 in the Pew Bibles. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The The women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This, then, is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Aminadab, the father of Nashron. Nashron, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz. Boaz, the father of Obed. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David. This is the word of the Lord. For those of you who haven't been here um, in recent weeks, we're looking through um, miraculous births, of which Jesus was one, Uh, But we're looking through other miraculous births as well. And today we come to the birth of Obed. It was one of the most disturbing and poignant snapshots of the Vietnam War. A little girl running naked down the street, screaming, pain, her eyes squeezed tight with terror. Napalm girl. 24 years later, Americans saw another picture of that same girl, then a woman, of course, posed by the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C. It was Veterans Day. As a child, Kim Phuc had brought home to the Americans the horror of war. In 1996, she taught a different lesson, the healing power of forgiveness. And as she laid the wreath at the memorial, Kim told the assembled crowd of veterans, as you know, I'm the little girl who was running to escape from napalm fire. I've suffered a lot, both physical and emotional pain. Sometimes I thought I could not live, but God saved my life and gave me faith and hope. Soon after that infamous photo was taken, Kim was rushed to hospital by the photographer. Years of painful and burn therapy followed. In 1986, she went to Cuba on a goodwill visit where she met and married a Christian. She too had become a believer. And as Kim shared the meaning of forgiveness to thousands of toughened soldiers that Veterans Day, she publicly forgave the pilot, the unknown pilot, whose load had scarred her skin and killed her two younger brothers. At that moment, many of those hardened veterans just cried. Now, why do I tell you that? 
Well, it's simply this. There is no limit to God's restoring love. From what many would have considered to be a hopeless situation and an insignificant girl, God began to restore a nation. Who would have predicted the outcome of her ordeal? Series of chance events that would lead her to come to know the healing power of God's love and through her testimony, many would discover for themselves God's grace. And it's God's saving grace that is at the heart of the book of Ruth. And I've got to put that reading into the context of the whole book. Naomi's story is the story of everyone in Israel during the time of the judges. There was no king, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And that's exactly what Naomi's husband, Elimelech, had done. He had deserted the land of promise, and he'd gone over to a pagan Moab, bringing his wife and his family to the brink of ruin. So Naomi's only way out was through a foreign daughter-in-law, Ruth, and the legal provision of a kinsman redeemer, a relative who could marry her, produce offspring and ensure that the family name would continue and the family land lost would be redeemed. But it's also your story and mine. Because we too have behaved in a way that rejects God as our rightful ruler. We have wandered off and done what is right in our own eyes, bringing ourselves to the brink of eternal ruin. We too can no more rescue ourselves than could Naomi, and we need someone to look upon us in kindness and provide a way where we can be restored and have a future hope. And that is precisely what the final chapter of Ruth about a kinsman redeemer is all about. Someone who can mend the most messed up of lives, restore us to God and restore for us a destiny which no one can ever take away. So first of all, a costly redemption, verses 1 through to 10 of Ruth chapter 4. And the background you see to this little episode is the law of Moses, Deuteronomy 25 and Leviticus 25. A close relative of a widow could marry her, produce offspring to whom the property rights could be transferred. And if you read through the book of Ruth, you as the reader would be hoping, as Ruth and Naomi had, that this kinsman redeemer would be Boaz. But in chapter 3, an ominous cloud comes onto the horizon. The news is that there is, in fact, someone else, a much closer relative. Boaz is only second in line. And if word got out to this close relative that Boaz had designs on Ruth, well, he could drive a hard bargain. So in a carefully planned and apparently accidental meeting, the other relative turns up at the gate of the city, the place where matters of business and finance were conducted, And in full view of the city leaders, Boaz took ten of the elders of the town and said, sit here, and they did so. Then he said to the kinsman redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling a piece of land that belonged to our brother Elimelech. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it, in the presence of those seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. And if you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me, so I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you, and I am the next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Naomi's dead husband 
held some property. And according to Israelite law, that passed on to the next of kin, this unnamed relative. And the relative reflects on it, not very long it seems, and he considers it a good deal. After all, Naomi is old, therefore won't have any more children, so no one else for the property to go on to. So give Naomi some money and he can extend his own real estate. In the words of Arthur Daly, it's a nice little earner. And then Boaz drops the bombshell. Oh, you do realise there is someone else. Ruth, the Moabitess. And I bet he would emphasise that pedigree. Not only is there a law in Leviticus to consider about redeeming property, but also the associated law in Deuteronomy about marriage and offspring. Naomi may be past childbearing age, but Ruth certainly isn't. So it might not be a nice little learner after all. At this, the kinsman redeemer said, therefore I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it, for I cannot He's realised that if he marries Ruth and she has a son, then the land automatically goes to that child, in which case he loses the money and the land. And of course, he might have other sons. He might already be married to another wife. And then, well, the whole estate would have to be divided between Ruth's sons as well. So you've got the marks of a family feud, which would be the makings of a good plot for EastEnders. But there might have been something more to it. Some elements of superstition. Ruth for a wife? You've got to be joking. Everyone knows there's a jinx to her. After all, the men in her family seem to die in mysterious circumstances. Talk about the Black Widow. Perhaps there's some pagan magic. She is a Moabitess after all. So this is a price this man's not willing to pay. But Boaz, he was willing to pay the price in full, to take on the responsibilities in providing for these two desperate women. And so in Boaz, we see reflected the hesed, the blessedness, the kindness of God. The fact that Boaz, by the way, was not the closest relative underscores the fact he's got no obligation to redeem. He chose to. And that, of course, is is the difference between a true redeemer and a false one. The false redeemer, as we see in the unnamed relative, is full of self-interest. He was only interested in what he could squeeze out of the situation. The concerns of the two women didn't enter into his thinking at all. Not so the true redeemer. The Son of Man, says Jesus has come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And when the moment came when the price for our rescue had to be paid, he withheld nothing. And with the final gasp of his breath, he cries from the cross, it is finished. Not the cry of despair, but the shout of victory, tetelestai, it is paid. And as the Son of God looked down the long corridors of eternity and saw you and me in our plight, just as Boaz saw Ruth. His heart was moved for you, such that he said, I'm willing to die for you, if that's the only way your debt of sin can be cancelled. So here we have a husband 
willing to pay the ultimate price for his bride. And so we come to a redemption which is effective, verses 11 through to 17. The story, you see, has in fact a triple climax. There's blessing for Ruth and Boaz, verse 11 and 13. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife and she gave birth to a son. There's blessing for Naomi, verse 16. Naomi took the child, laid him on her lap and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son. But then there's blessing which far outstrips them all, verse 17. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And that is how Israel got their king. And that's how we got our king of kings. But I guess the focus for the blessings for this particular family is in the words addressed to Naomi, verse 14. Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who's better than seven sons, has given him birth. This little baby, Obed, is the final element in the filling of Naomi's emptiness. And in that little cameo, you see Naomi beginning to sparkle with life as she gazes at the little bundle on her knee. She's the old Naomi again, pleasant, no longer Mara, bitter, which is what she had become. This gift of God will provide for her in her old age. It is the baby who is her kinsman redeemer. And for the first and the only time in the whole of this story, we come across a word you might have expected to have encountered long before. I don't know if you spotted it, verse 15, the word love. Up until now, The word used to describe the loyal, caring relationships in this story is kindness, hesed. The kindness of Ruth to Naomi, the hesed of Boaz to Ruth, of Ruth to Boaz, and the kindness of the Lord to them all, hesed. But now we see it as love. And what is unexpected is where we find that word, love. It's not used to describe the relationship between the man and his wife, between Boaz and Ruth, but the extraordinary commitment and love of a foreigner, a young Moabitess, for her aged Israelite mother-in-law, who doesn't even seem to appreciate that love. And that's why these women have to remind her of Ruth. It's as if, having had the baby, Ruth has been sidelined by Naomi. She's so engrossed in this little boy. But Ruth has proved herself to be worth more than seven sons, for she has loved Naomi. And reflected in that love for Naomi, don't we see God's love expressed for us? As well, by the way, as the love we're supposed to show to each other. This is no fair-weather love, changing in intensity or direction depending upon the circumstances. This is a love which keeps on going to the very, very end. A love stronger than death, even when that love is ignored, 
And how often do we ignore or take for granted the divine love? It sticks by us, just as Ruth did with Naomi. But as Naomi looks into the face of that little Jewish baby, she had no idea that she was holding not only the one who was to be her kinsman redeemer, but the one whose descendant would be the kinsman redeemer for the whole human race. For this was a redemption which had a future, verses 18 to 22. And the focus of that little genealogy, it selectively traces the royal line. Perez is the son of Judah, from whom the Messiah was to come, Genesis chapter 49. And that is where the genealogy is leading to with David, Ruth's grandson. Matthew, in his gospel, takes this very same genealogy, which closes the book of Ruth, and he incorporates it into the family tree which opens his book. For this is the family tree of the true king, redeemer, Jesus. Matthew, however, makes two modifications. He explicitly links Boaz with Ruth, his wife, and with Rahab, his mother. And what's significant about that? Well, we've seen that Ruth began life as a Moabite, a pagan. Rahab began life as a Canaanite and a harlot. A pagan and a prostitute are embedded in the family tree of God's holy son. Isn't that amazing? Ruth needed redeeming, not just from despair and poverty, but from the guilt of sin. And it was her great, 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 however many greats, grandson who did it. His precious blood was shed for pagans and prostitutes and you and me. He's not ashamed to be identified with sinful humanity. And it was from this same little town of Bethlehem that it all happened, verse 11. Yes, Naomi and Ruth. Yes, later on with Jesse and David, but a thousand years later it was to happen with another young woman, Mary, and her betrothed, Joseph, both of whom could trace their ancestry right back here. And you know what? In all the billions and billions of tiny details of people's lives during the intervening years, God has been steadily at work, ready to bring into the world his son, born of a virgin, born to die, so that Kim Fook, a certain Stephen Pratt, and you just insert your own name, And if you're not yet a Christian, he died for you too. He's inviting you. Will you say yes to him? You see, all these events, they're not indiscriminate. They're not chance. It's all planned by God. So that you and I can be saved. Amen.